Good evening, Patriots, and it's Monday, May 30th, year 2022, as we close out this Memorial Day weekend. Again, prayers up for all of those who have paid the ultimate price, for those who have served, for those that are serving, and the honor I've had for serve, with serving with those that I have. Thank you all, <clears throat> and for those out there that extending the prayers. Thank you. And as well, this is time now to thank those who have served with your action and with your commitment to this fight to make sure that we do not bow and give in to this global tyranny that's pushing on. And this is a hard time, obviously, because so many people still don't really understand the magnitude of what we're dealing with. Patriots, make sure you are keeping up a good night's sleep in all of this. Sleep is one of those things that will wear you down quicker than anything. Drop your immune system, keep you vulnerable, clutter your thoughts, and the best way to get a good night's sleep are great products to sleep on, and there's no better products than those products from MyPillow. MyPillow is offering some amazing sales right now. There's a buy one, get one free offer that is just stellar, and it's a great time to stock up on some of the best products, including those Giza sheets. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I do not like my sheets. I love Mikey's a Dream Sheet. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you can buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or you can get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com. Use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products that's mypillow.com forward slash bards mypillow.com forward slash bards and your promo code is bards b-a-r-d-s you can also call 800-975-2939 800-975-2939 and you can talk to a real person the patriot pillow counselors are on standby to get you hooked up and all this information is below the podcast again mypillow.com forward slash bards is your promo code towards great sleep and happiness i'm going to go over a couple things here we have some pending issues that are coming up pretty heavily right now in our nation and one of them is a simple product called def if you're not familiar with it you should be DEF is diesel exhaust fluid. And every diesel truck that has been made since 2010 is required to use it. It's a product made of 32.5% urea and 67.5% of deionized water. Now, take a listen as we pull this together here. Stand by. But... I'm going to continue to read this little piece here so we can get some background on this. But the important piece about DEF is that every newer diesel truck that you see driving on the road has to have this product to drive by law. 
That was probably one of those green environmental initiatives that they put into effect. And of course, we all love the green agenda and know that it's always been there for us to be help us be better people. <laughs> but I want you to listen to this piece about pilot truck stops, and it includes DEF. You testified today. My name is Shamit Konar. I'm the chief executive officer of Pilot Flying J. April 13th, we were informed by the Union Pacific that we were required to reduce shipments by 26%. Hey, it's Alex Mai with Mother Trucker News, and I just have an important message. Not anybody can control what's happening to the fuel prices right now at this level. And the reason why I say that is because it's hedge funds. And I've had over 10 uh, Mother Truckers uh, send me this video and I want to know what you guys think about this. Uh, basically, the chief executive officer of Pilot and Flying J goes in front of the board and pretty much says that in April, the Union Pacific Railroad cut them and said that they have to cut their shipments of over 26%. And Pilot and Flying J is mega. They do over 20% of the field. They account for approximately 20% of the country's highway or as we call it over the road diesel supply and over 30 percent of the def in america as well as 30 percent of the diesel exhaust fluid supply also known as def so cutting their shipment 26 percent is going to raise fuel prices in subsequent conversations we were asked to reduce them even further by 50 percent or face embargoes you know why is this let's connect the dots real quick and there's a man that you guys might know, his name is Warren Buffett. He had an opportunity to buy Union Pacific. And when he decided not to, and he bought BNSF for $44 billion, their stock went down, you know? Now, why is this important? Well, Warren Buffett actually owns a mega portion, if not all coming soon, a pilot and flying J. And so who owns Union Pacific? Well, it's publicly traded, and the top shareholder, if you look right here, is Vanguard and BlackRock. Well, let's look real quick. If you look up BlackRock's investments, they've been investing a lot in electric vehicles. So, do you think that possibly their private investments that they're doing, keeping the fuel prices high, will make people jump ship to electric? I mean, this is bigger than we know it, Mother Truckers. Comment down below. What are your thoughts about this? But all I have to say is, I'm telling you, the elites are pushing and forcing high fuel prices. Even Pilot Flying J are getting stuck with it. We're not aware of any other company being instructed by the Union Pacific or any other railroad to reduce their shipments to the extent they're asking Pilot. However, 26 to 50% reduction in our allocations will have substantial consequences for the markets. At the point where it's pushing people to go electric, and I don't know the involvement of this cabinet, I don't want to say anything, but I think they've said enough that they want to go more green. So is everybody in cahoots? But think about that, you know. It's bigger than just 
Ukraine and Russia and what's going on outside of America. The elites, they're pushing their narrative. Mother truckers, comment down below. So the good thing is that people are beginning to wake up to this master plan. And there is a master plan in play right now to try to destroy this country and bring people to their knees. What they're trying to do is force us into what's called a lithium economy. We're currently on a petrol economy. We're going to be talking more about this tomorrow night. But the lithium economy is based on, obviously, lithium, which is what they're using in batteries. It's also interesting to note that lithium has been, been, has been sprayed regularly in the atmosphere because it has a calming effect. It's used in bipolarism as a drug, and it has a calming effect to keep people's moods mellowed while they destroy the world. And though I haven't quite put that linkage together between the batteries lithium and the sky lithium, it is still base lithium, and it's something just to keep your eyes on. So we're dealing with a pretty dark evil, and this whole idea of death is just more of the same. And it's part of this in, infiltration from within. And you know, basically, Rome rotted from inside out. And they're pushing away. And, and the importance of all of this is the resilience that we have is going to be based on our abilities that we have now to stock up, to arm up, to get your skills up, and to be prepared to start innovating. And that goes back to that knowledge library that I've talked about so much. And central to all of that is our faith. And it's nothing of this can be separated. I think what we tend to do too often is we get wrapped up going one way or the other way, but we're not including God in that process every step of the way. And it's whether you're working on your car, whether you're cutting wood, whether you're cleaning in the house, doing in the garden, are you sharing that moment with God? I think that's one of the big questions that we just have to constantly challenge ourselves for. And are and in that process, are you having these intimate conversations with Christ? There's an integral part of all of this because the more that we do this, and then as this fight ramps up, and it is, it's not a question of if we're going to sidestep it, we're going to be in this storm. As we know, I mean, I have no doubt God will protect all of us that are loyal and deep with him, but still the point is we're all going to feel it. So let me ask a few questions which I think are very relevant, and it's especially relevant when I consider today as the kind of the end of Memorial Weekend and honoring soldiers, and especially in combat, the sorts of things you have to deal with. Question: These are questions for you to ponder and to reflect on. How do you make your life immune immune to fear? How do you make your life immune to fear? If there was something you could do that would forever flip the switch and enable you to walk fearlessly, what would that be? I've done this exercise most of my life. What I tend to find is when I have something that I'm this agitating me or that I that there's a potential fear with, I try to engage it immediately. People have different things. I had a fear of snakes when I grew up. 
So when I got to college, I bought a python, a Burmese python, and I had it as a pet. I still don't like snakes. <laughs> Just let me be clear about that. I still don't like snakes. But I can deal with them better. Like with an axe. But anyway, that's another topic. Another question. How do you grow in trust? As in your capacity to be able to trust God in those dark moments. And what does that mean to you? What am I trusting in and trusting God for? How does that become an abiding reality? So how do you enhance trust? We have God tells us, fear not. And if we're just going to throw that out there and fear not, that's one thing. But I'm just going to tell you another real thing. This is a very real experience. We're in the middle of a war right now. And it's going to, it's heating up. And I don't know what, where it's going to go. But I know that they're doing everything they can to disarm police, to villainize police. We see the rising issues of crime in, our, in the cities. We have food shortages coming, fuel costs are skyrocketing, incomes are falling, people are falling into poverty every day. We have the deaths increasing every day from this vax and all the consequences of it. And of course we have 5G still cropping up like a cancer everywhere. They're spraying in our atmosphere, they're affecting the climate. All these things are in play at once. So we're going to start with fear for a minute, and it's easy to say, well, I fear not. All right, that's great, but how are you going to, what are you doing to ensure that? And I'm, and it, besides my snake story, I mean, the real issue is battle drills. What are you doing in your life, whether that's memorizing scripture or whether that's doing certain things to ensure that you don't have fears? Like maybe you're building new skills or maybe you're going to get your ham radio license. Maybe you're going to become proficient in using chisels to build do timber framing. Maybe you're going to learn the art of sewing or tapestry. I don't know. I mean, any of these things that you can do, and they're not always directed to fear, but empowerment is a huge thing is my point. So in, in a combat environment, what you always fall back on is your training your battle drills, and your training. You train like you fight. So when those first rounds go over your head, no one knows how they're going to react when the first rounds go off or the first RPG explodes by you or the first IED detonates a few feet from you or the sniper round hits the steel pole like two inches above your head from a Chechnyan sniper at 2,000, like 1,000 meters. Yes, that's a real story. So what keeps you focused? And there's a couple of things that, from my experience, that always work. And one is the battle drills that you do that have given you the skills to fall back on. Two is the purpose for what you're fighting for. And understanding a clarity of what you're standing for and what you're fighting for. 
That's important. And understanding your line and where you sit in this in this fight. What are your red lines? What are you going to tolerate and not tolerate? You know, are is your principle here? And I'm not judging, but is your principle here that no matter what happens, you're just going to trust in God and and never ever raise a sword, and you'll just let the enemy roll you up and you'll just stand. I mean, if that, that's some people believe that, I don't, but some people believe that because we're in a war zone. And God put us here in a war zone. And what is what does arming for a fight look like? And what is these sorts of things are issues that each person should be dealing with. Because fear is one of these things that if you find it in your day. And I guarantee you. Everybody has fears. Anybody tells me they don't have fears, they're lying. Everybody has a fear somewhere. Maybe that fear is being away from your house and having somebody come in and attack your home when you're not there to protect it. But everybody has something. And so the issue is, how do you mitigate those And most of that center point is always going to be our relationship with God. But how do you empower that to such a degree that you are absolutely, no matter what happens, you will be fearless? It's a big question. There's no easy answer. But there are things that constantly, because we, it is a constant war, as a constant war, you have to be constantly training and constantly building your skills, which include the skills that we have and talents and gifts and that relationship we have with God that falls into all that. All right. So the other question then is trust because in a capacity right now, we've lost trust in everything. So this doesn't sound like a big question, but let me just give you an example. Okay. They're going to execute as things look like it's coming. They are probably going to execute an alien fake alien invasion. That's going to, and this isn't just going to be like, lips in the sky they're probably going to mask if they do what what it appears that they may do there's no way of knowing this but the plan under project blue beam was to put holographs holograms in the sky masking real aircraft that would come in and then start bombing civilian targets and blowing up things in your neighborhood and killing innocent people to cause fear and panic and further dissolution of trust so that the government ultimately would concede to this fake alien force, which was nothing more than the global one world order hiding behind holograms and hand over all autonomy and authority. Okay. So what happens? And I, and I, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to cut off at the past, the comments I always I hear it from somebody every time because what I'm going about to say is what happens when you see a hologram of something, an entity that looks like Christ, what you expect it to look like. How are you going to trust it? And I, and the first comment I usually get is somebody says, they'll say, oh, I'll know. I'll know Christ if I saw him. You will not like that in that moment of panic. 
if you are following, listen to what I'm saying, you will not if you are following your emotions. If you are clear-headed and grounded, you'll be able to discern. But if you are going to get trapped in your emotions of the anxiety of the moment, you'll be blinded. And if you're, even if you're praying with panic and anxiety, you're going to be blinded. You have to get grounded in clear thought. You have to question everything. Remember what I told you, what they did in the Iraq 1 war, Iraq 1, they used a subcranial projection using microwave transmission to transmit the voice of Muhammad, Allah, into the troops, the Red Guard's head, and over half of them fled. So I'm telling you the technologies are massive and it is essential when we start talking about scripture and relationships you have to you have to purge out fear and everybody will get anxiety at one point or a moment i'm gonna tell you that right now that first rpg that goes over your head well hopefully it won't or that round or something that gives you a lump in your throat because you know it's real the game is on but it's the purpose of what you're doing then. It's your battle drills. It's the execution of exercises, of drills, of, of response, of knowing what that fight's about, where your place is, what you're doing. All of it goes away quickly. And then that clear-headedness that you gain and you, and you put that into prayer and you stay focused and not get swept up with the emotions because this is one of the reasons I talk so much about the trap of those that worship Revelation and start looking for the coming of Christ. Let me tell you, the enemy knows this well and has been pounding this for a reason because those that are eager to see and eager and ready for it to happen will be the easiest ones to trap in the fake illusions that they can create. I guarantee it because it's typical and common to psychological warfare, it's what you do. You lead people into what they desire the most, and then you use it as a weapon against them, and they will collapse willingly because they're going to see what they want to see, and they won't see the truth. So be very careful. The third question then, is what does it mean to have faith? Where does it come from? And what does it look like? No easy answers, but these are questions for you to ponder. And when you we sort through these things, this is like this would be basically battle drills right here. These are the exercises of the mind and the and our spiritual relationship. Because asking these questions. If you're willing to face them and if you're willing to challenge yourself into those places of extremes, you will become stronger and you will become more effective on the battlefield. And the ability to trick you will be diminished. But in the chaos of things, right now, most everybody's at a peripheral point to where all this is happening. 
But if you start to incorporate big events and you start to add to this starvation and the fuel shortages increase and you start to watch a collapse of the economy, which I anticipate, as chaos continues to rein up, you need principles to go back to to reset your fear, your trust, and your faith. Dealing and questioning and and creating immunity to fear. Growing your trust in God. And challenging yourself to appreciate and identify the power of faith. As I said, I do not believe anybody that tells me they fear nothing. I have... Because everybody at a certain point has something that'll get to them. Because here's a simple answer to that. Everybody that, everybody that is interrogated will break. Nobody is immune to breaking. Those Hollywood films, garbage. So the whole point is to grow stronger in the relationship with God. And that is the critical piece, is to find those places where you feel you find your vulnerabilities and that's where you start working harder in the relationship and the power that Christ delivers. And as we work through each one of those, and there are some that are brutal, we find greater strength in our relationship in Christ and God. Our world is literally unraveling in so many different pieces right now. But the assurance of what we have really is in John 23, 24. I'm sorry, John 4, 23 to 24. But a time is coming and even now has arrived when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship the spirit and truth. And therein lies one of the biggest clues to all things, and it is the relationship with spirit and truth. If we're really going to walk in that body of Christ, and we're going to be in that true walk, it has to be a walk that is grounded, truly grounded, In truth. And that means everything, not just not just saying that I speak truth, but it's every action that we do, we are working to be completely truthful because there's no greater weapon in this war than truth. And I brought this up the other night, and I'm, I'm very clear about this, that if we were going to wield the sword of the Spirit and if we had the power of truth to where we were, remember, truth is compelling because as you're walking 
and you're wielding the sword of the spirit, which is truly a, a sword of truth. It has the power of the sword of truth. You are creating such an environment that lies can't stand, and you create a presence that even those that do lie get revealed. They are, they're transparent right before you. You can see them. They know you can see their lies, and they can't withstand that presence of you. That's how powerful our truth has to be. And when we're doing that, that's a deep and intimate relationship with Christ. That is truly the trust in him. And when we have that powerful relationship in Christ, walking in that powerful truth, Our world around us and the, what we're affecting changes. And in that moment, if they're if you're going to see a, you're going to if they were to project, which this was part of the plan. So I'm just telling you, this wasn't mystery either. They have had these ideas of doing a image of Christ, so everybody can see it to try to compel people by their free will to give allegiance, worship to them. But if we're walking without fear and we're walking in trust in Christ and in truth and we're grounded in our faith and in trust means we can also question And as long as we're keeping our hearts pure in that line of alignment without that relationship to fear or anxiety or anger or over-anxiousness, which is another one, we don't know the time of when things will happen. And that, and that part right there means as well that in our relationship with Christ, if we're eager and looking for it to happen, we are tripping on ourselves against what we were told in Scripture. Again, that gets back to that whole relationship of truth and trust. So, where we are right now in this world, in this fight, is a constant dynamic that's trying to keep people constantly off base. And in part of that is the unsettling nature of this. To capitulate, force people to capitulate. When you wear people down, they finally get tired and they're ready to throw their arms up. So another little secret ingredient to all this is the joy of the, the joy of the moment. And when we start to celebrate the fantastic moments that we have in this time and we're enjoying the moment and not looking for it to end suddenly because we're eager for it to end, but instead embracing all the gifts the Father gives us in each and every step, Again, we remove a vulnerability and an important one. 
I just re- read up here. Somebody, somebody said, I've said this before. I've said things like this before, and I say things like this before. <laughs> yes, I have. Because they are part of a relationship in this fight that you have to constantly stay on top of. Again, a comment, comments like that, when you hear people say that, like you've said this before, it's arrogance. Because it's like, I don't need to be told again. A good soldier, a good fighter always is re- recapping their process to look at where they can improve their fundamentals. And it's just like the battle drills. And these battle drills that you go over, over and over because it is a, it's a repetition that you train like you fight and you get good at it and better at it the more you do it. In martial arts, you have the things, there are katas, which are forms in other, in other styles. And there's single person and two person katas. And you do these over and over and over. You repeat them every time you drill. In fact, there is a certain set of katas that you can do. You can do this your entire time. You can do it for the rest of your life and they will never get old. And that's because they're always training and you're always teaching you something. We want to be as successful as possible in the midst of an enemy that is has no rules. And we really haven't embraced that process too much. The idea of no rules. And yet they have no rules. They have no limit to what they will do. Other than the fact that what we do know is that Our free will is the ultimate prize for them. And the use of our free will secures their victory. And that part is something we've seen over and over over the last few years. So what they're using now are all the tools that they have, the pressure points, to strip away the ability for people to function because we've built a a reliance on their infrastructure of money to buy gas, availability on infrastructure that they control, whether it's gas or food. And so this whole concept that we're in right now is hopefully to be breaking away as much as possible from the dependence on them and acquiring the skills to be able to innovate and innovate solutions. We may not even know what they're going to be yet, be being prepared to work together to innovate to overcome, to adapt and overcome. They're counting on us not being able to do that. They're counting on squeezing so much that we will have to capitulate. And then in that moment when people are desperate is when they'll enter in with these other tricks. They're just magicians, cheap parlor tricks to do the final coup d'etat of the, of the takeover of your mind and your soul. And you, and people will, their idea is that people will give it away willfully just to be let free of the pain and suffering that they've been through. And we know there's going to be quite a few that do. 
We know that there will be plenty that will give in. Because they are not grounded in a faith and a deep relationship with Christ. Never will so much be asked of so few by so many. That quote, which I've said many, many times, becomes more and more relevant because our strength will become like a magnet for many. They want to be drawn to the, to the light like a moth to a flame. And the, our, if our strength is coming from God, then we're good. But if our strength is on our own, with an ego that blinds us from that deeper relationship with God because we think we're so good, it will be, you will break. And sadly, this comes out in many forms in, in, in a battle. you'll see people that will take on that role of being heroic and being even to the point of invincible and discover pretty quickly that the common sense of the moment goes out the window. True story. There is a, there was a lieutenant, I'm not going to say where he was from. He was leading some Afghans in a fight And they were not well-trained, and they were going up against a fairly formidable force. But he believed he was invincible. In his mind, he could not be defeated. So, he... His troops went in and engaged, and they, he couldn't get them to rally. So he kept bringing, he would pull them back and then kept doing this frontal charge. And he kept doing it over and over, six times, in fact. It was completely stupid. There was no reason to do this. But ego got in the way. He had to defeat that enemy. He was well-trained. He was a good leader, but he got to the point where, in fact, he was a person of pretty deep faith too, but he got to the point where it was no longer a relationship of any sort of spiritual sense. It was a relationship of him and his ego to the enemy. All the soldiers survived. He took a bullet to the head and he died. So the issues at hand here are about building that deep and very reflective place to where our relationship is with God. It's not the ego of saying, you know, the glorious things which people love to say, I will die for any cause, I will die for Jesus. That's in God's hands, not ours. And the humility, the great warriors are those that are humble. And those that 
can understand that there's a moment when you fight and there's a moment when you there's enough you have to take on a different tack. Leading the charge, like I said, was his downfall because he had to get he had to get over himself and he couldn't do it. And in this fight that we're in right now, there's so much pressure on people. We're seeing increase in suicides. We're seeing we're seeing a lot of despair around. And that's where this fight is intending to move people. And it's an important point, again, to keep our relationship true and honest with the Lord. And the key word there is being humble. There's never any easy answers to any of this. And the questions posed tonight are, intended to be reflected upon, intended to build character and build a relationship you have with God. There are questions we don't typically just wander out and explore. But things like this are important, especially when you get into the heat of a fight, because it's the things that we take for granted that can become your weakest. And when we start to see the collapse of economies, which I've lived through, by the way, in my small town, and when I grew up, I've told you this story before, there was over 25% unemployment when I grew up. I've seen what despair, despair does firsthand, I'll tell you right now. And I've seen how quickly a relationship with God can be turned on its head to justify almost anything. And that's a very sad testimony. To a lot of things. It's a testimony to who we are, unfortunately, that we end up not having the strength that we think we do. And instead of just facing that and being honest, which where we gain the strength then through Christ, We mask it with ego and boldness and justify almost anything. So, in this time, on this day, as we close out Memorial Day, heroes aren't made in training. Heroes aren't intended. People that die don't go to war to die. People go to come home. And that's a big lesson in itself. But usually those that are of usually those who are who are of humble stature, you'll find to be some of the greatest in the fight. And those that are of strong ego stature, they usually end up being the ones you have to deal with because they're not exactly what they're made up to be be humble seek those deeper relationships seek the immunity to fear ask God search with it talk with it don't take it for granted grow that trust in God 
Press yourself. When you say, I trust in God, what are you trusting in? Seriously, there's nothing wrong with asking that question. And what is your faith? What does it mean to have faith? Where does it come from? What does it look like? They sound easy. They're questions that will take a lifetime and a beautiful journey of growing in him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We come together just to reflect very deeply on the deeper relationships that you offer us each and every day. For us to seek that path of truth, to set the ego aside, to walk humbly as the powerful beings that we are, blessed with the ability to step on snakes and scorpions, with dominion over all evil, and blessed with the knowledge that we can do greater works than he. Each of us has our challenges and each of us has our things to overcome. And in this upcoming time when technology is being used in so many ways to deceive us, we just pray for that deep and intimate relationship in such a way that discernment becomes almost like a second breath. We pray for those that are eager and waiting for your return rather than living in this moment and enjoying all that you're offering. We pray for those that, whose ego are bold and try to proclaim that they can win any battle instead of just being humble and letting you guide them in whatever battle arises. We pray for those that have apprehension or fears. And we just pray that that deeper relationship in Christ can just assure them that no matter what befalls, it is always going to be okay, that there's no reason to fear. And most of all, what we pray for is that strength in the warrior's heart to be truthful to you, to open that heart up and be honest with you in all those things so that you can strengthen each of us in this army that you have risen and raised across this world. Guide us and protect us. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, I hope you have a very blessed evening. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Seek out those questions with God. Put them into prayer. See what happens. It's, I think you'll be in an interesting conversation. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this, where we are at war. Walk fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow night, or so I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then, or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you, and out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. 
Thank、you 